all these things that run through our head, threat, threat, threat. Now our body's supporting that with the chemicals. Or here's my opportunity. This is what I've trained for my whole career. Look at this. This could be my first rescue. Firehouse Vigilance presents the Weekly Scrap, a podcast dedicated to the never-ending fight against complacency. So this is Weekly Scrap number 24, John Spear, a fit to fight fire. Um, as always, I want to know where everybody's watching from, so if you can, put it in the comments. If you have questions for us, we will try to read them and answer them. And uh, with that, uh, I'm going to break off right into it, introduce my guest real quick, and then let him talk about himself. Uh, I think that as far as the internet fire sphere, I don't think there is a bigger influence and impact on culture than fit to fight fire. I don't think I'm being uh, exaggerating when I say that. And so I don't think you need much of an introduction, uh, but if you can just give a couple short, brief, whatever your elevator pitch is for fit to fight fire <laughs> and go. Yeah, man, I appreciate, first of all, I appreciate being on here. I really enjoy looking at what you put out the uh, positive message uh, we all need that even if we're people who are trying to share a positive message it's always good to go recharge our batteries and, and look out there in that social media world and, and find stuff to keep us um, motivated and inspired so you're doing that for us so we appreciate that brother thank you um fit to uh, fight fire is really just something that uh was born from our own conversations we had with ourselves to kind of keep ourselves honest and hold ourselves accountable. Um, a lot of the things Tom and I share are conversations that we've had with each other or conversations we have in our head, you know, where we know that um, discipline is a hard thing. It's, it's always easy to say lead by example, but it's actually hard work uh, to consistently do the right thing when every part of us as humans are, our human, natural human desires to take the path of least resistance. So we really just want it to be a place where people who already had the mindset and the discipline could go to confirm what they were doing and, and keep themselves um, charged. Or for that person who wasn't really in that, in that season of firefighting where they were doing everything they should be, maybe to go there and just kind of ignite that fire. Um, right on, right on. Me, me personally, I've been a fire medic for 17 years, started my career in South Florida. Um, our, our main priorities, you can see it here on the stars, is our, our faith, family, fire. So uh, first and foremost, uh, I'm a believer in Jesus Christ. He's my Lord and Savior. Number two is my family. And then number three is fire. And we believe that if we keep those priorities in order, when we are given that opportunity to serve at the highest level, and we have to make a decision that has real consequence associated with it, then we'll be, you know, a clear head, open heart, because our other priorities are in order. Not always easy to do, but that's the goal. Right. No, absolutely. Keep that stuff in order. So, yeah, we just wanted to be a positive voice in the fire service to help our brothers and sisters uh, perform at a level that we all said we would when we took the oath. Okay. No, dude, that is, that is a, uh... I, I did not know the three stars on the Faith Family Fire. So that, that symbolism there is really cool to learn. I'll do the Faith Family Fire, but the uh, yeah. symbolism there is pretty awesome. Um, Thanks, man. I want to tell you that um, the, the the crackling fire, would you want you rescuing you, that, that uh, beginning of that podcast uh, intro, um, <laughs> and the podcast itself is one of those things that really brought me out of, uh, like you said, there's peaks and valleys in your career. And your podcast really did is one of the, between uh, 
meeting Brian Brush and him bringing Mark Vaughn off in and then me listening to Fit to Fight Fire is something that changed the trajectory of my firefighting career personally. So I'm sure you get lots of those testimonials, but I wanted to tell you that in person or via the Internet. So, Man, that, um, that's awesome. That's awesome. And that's really, I'll tell you, Tom, Tom is, Tom Johnson's the other part of Fit to Fight Fire. He, uh, I would say, is the reason we even have the podcast. I'm not, I'm not that uh, technical. I don't even know if I could pull it off right now if right my life, de- life depended on it, you know, to like put it together and, and sure. record. That, that's all Tom. And what we, what we saw in our own selves is that we're a product of what we consume, right? So the books we read, the people we surround ourselves with, the things we listen to create our thoughts and our thoughts lead to our actions. So we were listening to podcasts, listening to audio books, listening to things that were um, helping us get better. And then Tom's like, Hey man, what do you think about doing the podcast? And what we found with the podcast, and it's really cool to hear um, you say that because that's the goal is we all need good information. And it, it's really helped us. We get to interview uh, incredible guests and I'm taking notes the whole time for my own personal growth. So it's uh, it, it's like that whole iron sharpens iron as we have those Absolutely. guests on to help everybody out there in the fire service. We're also, you know, helping ourselves. So it's, it's been incredible. And I love, I love hearing that, man. So thanks for sharing that with us. Absolutely. And, and like you said, every week I ask uh, the guest, you know, about a book and I'm going to do that towards the end of the show. And, but, uh, my stack of books that I have to read just continues to grow as people suggest stuff that I haven't heard yeah. of. And so just the, the knowledge that comes in from this is, and I can't wait to uh, get yours today. Now you already touched on it, but I wanted to ask you about there's Tom and John and they are fit to fight fire. And um, they're almost in the background of fit to fight fire is huge, but Tom and John are almost, is that on purpose? Is that just humility? Um, is that, by design or by accident or, and what are your guys' roles in fit to fight fire? You already touched on it a little bit. Yeah. So I think it's on purpose. Uh, we're both uncomfortable. You know, even if I put a, a post out there, that's a picture of me, I'm still like, it's not easy to do. Right. You know, I'm just, no, I get I'm it. just, I was like, I, I don't want to, you know, toot my own horn and, and be that guy. So there's, there's a there is purpose behind it. We feel like it doesn't have to be two people. It just has to be the truth and a message that resonates with others within the fire service. And that's really the goal. I'd, I'd love to be able to use more photos of our own people at my department, but uh, our department doesn't allow that. I would love to right. showcase and highlight my brothers and sisters at my fire department right now, because we have some of the best firefighters in the country that are doing some amazing things, but our department doesn't allow us to do that. So what I do is I look for photos and photographers right. that are out there that are allowing me to use their their images and, and then just tie a message to it that I hope connects right. and Tom's the same way. You know, we just feel like, you know, we have this platform, uh, let's use it for good and, and help everybody get better. Now our roles are a little bit different. Tom is uh, really responsible for the podcast 100%. That's been something that he's uh, taken, learned how to do it. And his editing is so good. I'm so no, impressed is, yeah. by the editing he does. And um, we try to keep it to about 30 minutes. You know, the goal is, you got to take a ride to the firehouse in the morning uh, to start your shift. 30 minutes is probably the average ride for a firefighter, you know, right give or take 15 minutes each direction. So it's something that you could uh, fuel yourself up before you step through the threshold of the firehouse and start your shift. Um, I focus more on the social media stuff. Okay. And uh, that's kind of where we, we, um, uh, our responsibilities sit. The book was a collaborative, collaborative effort but I really got to give Tom uh, credit for, for getting it out there because 
a lot of the editing and, and the technical. There it is. Cool, man. That's yeah. awesome, man. Yeah. So, yeah, it's, it's a good team. We both have strengths and weaknesses. Um, but what I really love about um, our friendship, our brotherhood, is that we're both on the same mission, like-minded. Uh, we hold each other accountable all the time, uh, whether it's a workout or uh, a training, right. things of that nature. And there's another guy who's in the, in the mix, too, uh, Craig Stalloway. So Craig's just another okay. uh, just solid human being, just good person. So, um, yeah, man, it's been, it's been cool to have like-minded individuals on the same mission. Um, and just using each other's strength and, strengths and weaknesses to kind of put a message out there that helps our brothers and sisters. Well, it is strong. It is strong. Uh, I'm going to get to this in a minute, but I got okay. a couple questions. One person asked, and I don't, I, I don't know the details on this at all. They asked about an upcoming class with you and Rick. I'm assuming they mean Rick George. I don't know if there's something there, so I'll yeah. ask that question. Yeah, cool. It's, um, it's a class out at Firemanship Conference in Portland. It's called Developing High Performance. Uh, it's actually a 24-hour class. So you're going to be there oh, for wow. 24 Yeah. And we're going to physically stress you and put you in position to use the techniques that Rick teaches early in the class. Uh, he goes through breathing techniques, positive self-talk, positive uh, visualization, things that we all need. Um, I know right. I've experienced it on some of the bigger calls that I've been on that I've needed to work through that resistance, that sympathetic nervous system that automatically kicks in when we have fear and uncertainty. So uh, Rick does a really good job on the front end of the class teaching those techniques. And then we put firefighters in a 24-hour period in positions to work through that process. Uh, we have over 15 instructors for 20 students. So the instructor, instructor to student wow, that ratio, ratio is, is really insane. High. And each instructor oh, yeah. really has the ability to read human behavior and see when your shoulders drop. You know, what, what are you thinking right now? What's going through your head? You're, you look defeated. And that's the purpose of the class. So it's building a more resilient firefighter. So um, unfortunately, I won't be part of it this year. I'm starting a, a new fire department that same week. Right. So uh, I'll be in an academy when that class is going on, which I'm really excited about. But we right have on. Great, great instructors that will be out there um, investing in our brothers and sisters and trying to help them make be uh, get better. That's awesome. So 17-year rookie coming up soon. Yeah, man, I'm excited. It's going to be cool. Getting back to the oh, basics, yeah. just you know, looking forward to the hard work ahead of me. Uh, joining an organization I'm really excited about being part of. I'll actually be serving uh, in my own um, area where I live, which I've never had an opportunity to do before. So it's going gonna, it's gonna to be cool. God is good, man. I had never saw uh, this. That this, is... was, this was not on the radar at all, but it's just funny. We have plans, and we think they look a certain way, but then he comes around, and he's like, yeah, you're still gonna, your prayers are still going to get answered, but they're going to look completely different than what you thought. So that's what right I'm on. going through right now, man. It's cool. Okay. Okay. So the next question I have for you is, uh, first of all, um, influencers. We hear the term a lot in social media, but there's no doubt in this fire sphere, like I said, Fit to Fight Fire is one of the biggest influencers and impactors of uh, culture. Um, but my question is, with it's such a challenging message that you have. Would you want you rescuing you, you know, um, the Fit to Fight Fire message? How do you keep it so positive when it's such a challenging message? I, I think that the reason that it resonates is it's the truth, right? So the truth, no matter how it's spoken, um, is still the truth. Sometimes the truth is spoken in an abrasive manner that is hard to receive. Sometimes it's really kind, but either way, it's going to pierce us and, and, and affect us uh, wherever we're at in that season of life. It's going to affect us one way or the other. 
Um, the goal is, is to just be honest and, and talk about the great responsibility that we have as firefighters. And if you think about it, who we are as people at some point in our career, not just who we are as firefighters, but who we are as people at some point in our career is going to determine the outcome of a call. And a lot of times we get into the life and death type stuff, but even the quality of life of somebody, right? Because they did no, make it out yeah. because of us and they had the ability to get to that, that clean environment a little bit quicker because we were, we were faster, we were stronger, we could endure more. So I think um, just continuing, continuing to tell the truth and, and trying to do it in different ways, articulate it in different ways to connect with people. Um, and the, the foundation of it is we, ju we just want to help everyone get better. So uh, that's, that's kind of the direction we've taken. I know at times we've gotten some, some negative comments because people say, you know, <laughs> Well, I'm, I'm this many years on the job and I'm, I'm not considered a, a bodybuilder or a, you know, I don't appear to be this, but I'm still able to do the job. And that's great. And that's true. We're not, we're not attacking you. We're just saying um, at the, you know, our job requires us to be fit, regardless if we like it or not. And regardless of that fits where we're at right now in our season of our career, whether we want to do the work or not, it still requires us to be fit. So just telling the truth and trying to find ways to do it that connects with everybody. Sure. Um, I got a quick, I, off topic. I like to go off chase rabbits. Yeah, man, uh, what's that's the, cool. what's the, what's the worst excuse you've, uh, does anybody actually argue that fitness is, is something that's, that a firefighter should be, excel at or, or, or pursue? I mean, is that actually, no, no, no one's actually <laughs> arguing the point. They're, they're just finding, we make deals in our head, right? We all have the ability to make a deal in our head. I've made them before the, Today, you know, I was potentially not going to get a workout in and I was starting to make deals in my head. I got this to do, right. I have that to do, right? And I could support all those excuses with the responsibilities of being a father, of her husband. But you know what I said? I said, I'm just going to do five minutes. I'm going to do five minutes on the, on the bike, on the Rogue Echo bike. And that five minutes isn't really about the physical exercise. It's about overcoming my excuses. There so you just go. finding a way to get five minutes in to deny that natural desire to take the path of least resistance, which I have, right? We all right, have it. Right. It doesn't matter that I, you know, I sure fit to fight fire stuff. It doesn't mean I'm motivated and disciplined all the time. It's just like, we're all human here. So we just got to overcome those excuses and realize that's what's happening. If we're trying to find a reason why we don't have to do what we're supposed to do. So no one's ever had that. You, you don't have to be fit to be a firefighter, but they do have those excuses. Time's a big right. one. Um, I don't have equipment. My department doesn't support me. And all those things within a five-minute conversation, I could show them ways to overcome, sure. overcome those, those deals excuses. we make in our head. Yes. Yeah, excuses. Those deals. And, That's and awesome. Really, really, it's just if you could get your purpose, the reason why you, you should be fit, the reason why you should be prepared, if that purpose could be stronger than the excuses, then we're in a good position to overcome them. But if our purpose isn't strong, why – why we believe we need to be fit, that why, like Simon Sinek talks about that why, then it's real easy to, to get beat by those, those excuses. And, and, and then that turns into a day, a day turns into a week, a week turns into a month. And before we know it, our habit isn't physically training. Our habit is making excuses. Making the excuses, yes. Yeah. yeah. And Firefighter Connor even mentions here, he says, and if you can just get that five minutes in, it could turn into that 30 minutes. And it yeah. could turn into five minutes of burpees. Yeah. So Absolutely. That's what he yeah. says right there. Absolutely. Uh, next thing I have for you is, and he kind of touched on it, is a big question I get a lot on social media and, and, and traveling is, 
a young, enthusiastic person or someone fired up about the job will come to me and say, man, I'm really wanting to do this at my department or but my chief or but my company officer, you know, and they they always lead off with that. It says, what do you what what should I do? What can I do? And what would your advice be to them? So I've actually been in that situation over my career, not many times, but there are times where I've been in that situation. And I think we have people in the fire service that are really good examples of getting out there and do it on their own. Adam Myers is one of those. You always see Adam. He's always out there training. And a lot of times it's by himself. And over time, he's been able to bring others along with him. So there's nothing that says you can't go in the bay and get on the uh, forcible entry prop. There's no reason you can't take equipment off the rig and go through your equipment. There's no reason you can't do body weight movements in the bay. Uh, I don't think an officer is going to tell you to stop doing those right. things. They may not be facilitating it, and they may be trying to make it more difficult by, you know, the inspections and we got to do this and all the things that could sure. easily, you know, overcome, over, override the importance of fitness and all that stuff. But there's no reason why um, you can't do a 10-minute little workout in the bay, you know, hand release push-ups, air squats, burpees, walking lunges. We know that if we just put our gear on and start doing some of that stuff, it's going to be a physically demanding workout. So just finding ways and make it, make it a challenge. Like, okay, this is right. a challenge. This is actually a yeah. good thing. I'm in a position where there's resistance and adversity and they don't want to train. They don't want to work out. What a great challenge for me to be able to go through this, and later on in my career, I'm going to be that voice for somebody and say, hey, look, I was in that same position you were in, and this is what I did. So it's right. just that perspective, you know, finding that perspective and then finding ways to get it done. And which leads, and you said the word challenge, and you said perspective, which leads yeah. right to our earlier phone conversation, and I love this, and I want to give you a chance to talk about it, challenge versus threat concept and perception. So hit it. Yeah, yeah, this is something I came across um, it was from a Navy SEAL, uh, Tom Chabies his name, and he talks about we could look at uncertainty, we could look at fear, uh, we could look at difficult times of one, one or two ways. We could either look at it as a challenge or we could look at it as a threat. And what's interesting is the moment we choose to look at something a certain way, so if I look at something as a threat, and I feel like right now our biggest challenge in the fire service is none of us want to look bad. So a lot of us won't be the first one to step up and do a training right. that we haven't done in a while because of the fear of looking bad. Then our peers may know that our skills aren't as tight as they should be. It's easier to kind of sit back, not participate, because they, oh, yeah. assume, cause they assume we already know how to do whatever it is no, you know, yeah, we're about to ego. train on. Yeah, 100%. Our ego man, and, 100%. Our and, and the reason that, that we have that is because the moment we take the oath, we're given an automatic trust. And the, the public assumes we're dialed right. in firefighters. They assume we could do everything. So sometimes we just hang our hat on that, and that's enough. But we get in these positions where over time, if we don't step up and participate in trainings or find ways to get better, again, that becomes our habit. And the reason we're not doing it, it isn't because we don't want to be good. We all want to be good. The job is much better when you're good at the job. We look oh, yeah. forward to going to work. And I've had seasons where I've had really – uh, poor skills in certain areas, and I, I've had to work through that that ego and that pride and looking bad in front of other people. And I realized it was because I was looking at it as a threat. So we could look sure. at things one one of two ways. We could look at it as a challenge or a threat. If I look at a training exercise that I haven't really um, been up to par on, something that we're going to do 
whether it's uh, roof vent, forcible entry, different examples. We could throw a bunch of them out there. And I haven't, sure. I haven't done that skill in a while. And I look at that as a threat. And now it's, it's my turn to go up there in front of everybody and participate. If I'm looking at, as a, at that as a threat, my body's actually going to dump chemicals to support my fear of looking bad in front of everybody else. Wow. Now I also have to overcome the fact that the skill is going to be a challenge because I haven't done it in a while, but my own body. So yeah. I don't know the science behind that. Right, so I'm not that right. smart, but that's what happens. Now, right if, I look at, if I look at that opportunity as a challenge, right, as a challenge, my body also dumps chemicals to support that. And now I'm in a position, it's that growth mindset, right? You got that growth mindset. Yeah, I may look bad, but the only way I'm going to get better is to put myself out there. And this is a challenge. Right. This is a good thing. So let's talk about the big call, right? You have a victim, second, second floor residential home at a window. Am I looking at it as a threat? Like, oh, man, this, I don't know if I'm going to be able to throw this ladder and, and get up there in time. You know, my gear's not set the way I like. All these things that run through our head, threat, threat, threat. Now our body's supporting that with the chemicals. Or here's my opportunity. This is what I've trained for my whole career. Look at this. This could be my first rescue. What an opera! And now it's a challenge. Yeah, it's an opportunity challenge. to measure myself. And now the chemicals are being dumped, and I'm I'm in a better position to succeed. If we apply that to uh, relationships, you know, you're having a difficult time in your marriage. Is it a threat? Is everything going right. to go go bad? Are we going to? Is this whole thing going to end? Or is this a challenge? Is this an opportunity to kind of tighten up areas where I need to be a better husband? I need to be a better dad. This is a, a season of growth. All this stuff is going to lead to me be becoming better, right? So. Those oh, chemicals, those chemicals support it. Um, Tom was talking to me yesterday, and he brought up his son's uh, baseball team. So he's the coach of his son's baseball team, and I believe they're eleven and twelve year olds. And they had a really difficult game. Um, things have been going really well in practice, but then they got to the game where they were playing a team that was better than them, and these okay. kids were were just not doing well. So Tom grabbed the team, uh, brought them together, and started talking to the kids and started asking them, "What was what was going through your head?" when you miss that, when you miss that ball, what was going through your head at the plate? And a lot of these kids were saying, you know, I'm afraid of failing. I'm afraid of messing right. up and, and the team losing. I'm afraid. Everything kept saying, I'm afraid of this. I'm afraid of that. And Tom had that conversation with the kids about challenge or threat. Right. So now you have 11 and 12 year olds. These kids are getting up. up to, these kids are getting up to the plate now. And here's coach saying, Hey, challenge or threat. And the kids saying challenge and he's stepping up to the plate I mean, that, that's incredible. So I think if we did stuff, if we um, looked at training, if we looked at the calls we're on, if we looked at the difficult times that we have in life in general as a challenge, as opposed to a threat, I mean, I think our yes. mental health will be better. Oh, yeah. I think our that's... performance will be better and our ability to participate in things that we may not because we want to look bad. We're just going to be better overall human beings. Oh, yeah. And you find those shortcomings, identify them. Yes, everything yeah. about it. I love that, man. That perception leads to, uh, yes. Uh, that in and of itself is 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 a value from the scrap that I can't. I haven't even got to the book yet. So, <laughs> yeah, uh, unbelievable. Yeah. I love that. Uh, so let's talk. I want to uh, hit on this real quick. My quick take is this is a firefighter friendly, easy read with a extremely strong message and nothing but truth. And so um, it's almost I, almost like a devotional. If that I don't know if the uh, but it's it I, I loved reading it. it uh, point after point after point after point. I don't want to give away the whole book because I want people to read it. 
but I want to talk about some of my favorite things in here. And, uh, one, uh, a couple of the big ones, and you can talk about any of these you want as I, as I, as I go through them, but you talked about, um, passion and purpose and then how success is measured by your impact and your influence. And, uh, I love that because it's sometimes it's so hard to define success in the fire service outside of fire went out, everybody went home, you know? And so it, I love the fact that you have a way to measure success and you define it in this book as something that people can use as a measuring stick. And I do love that. Um, Yeah. So, so the, the whole idea of um, success for us with having this platform and this influence we have is to take as many people as we can with us, Uh, put as many people as we can in position to showcase their talent and their passion, right? It has to be, about more than two or three guys. It has to be about 30, 40, 50 people that we could bring along with us to trainings, to be instructors, to participate, to get better. Um, I see Brian Brush do a really good job of that. You see all these people that he brings along with him through fire by trade, all these firefighters, brothers and sisters that now have these opportunities to take something they're passionate about and share that. So that's that one level that I think if you could help others realize their greatness and put them in a position to showcase it, man, that is awesome. And that's why we're no here, right? That's why God no put me on earth is to help as many people realize their greatness as possible. And then on the fire ground, you know, it's, it's a measurable, you know, just because the fire went out doesn't necessarily mean we were successful. Things are time-based, right. you know, they're in that, right. that environment, uh, in that smoke for a period of time. So the quicker we could get in there and get them out, I mean, that should be something that we should be keeping track of. Uh, it's really Absolutely. easy to say, hey, we, we got there and the fire went out and we're high-fiving on the front lawn. High-fiving, yep. If we could have done it two or three minutes quicker and now this person's right. not on a ventilator, then I, I don't feel successful if I didn't get them out of there quicker. You know, that's just something that we we believe. No, I love it. Um that absolutely that because I don't want to ever think that fire went out, everybody went home. I don't think that's not a standard of success that I think we should ever use. I just think that it's great to have one that we can use um, yeah. outside of that. And I read a lot. I love to read. If everybody watches the scrap or talks, follows me at all, I read books, I collect books and I love highlighting books and, and I, I forget more than I, I can remember. And it's a frustrating thing, but I love when I find something new in a book and, um, I'm a strong, strong believer in nothing worth having comes easy. And so when you guys made the point in here that no is easy, um, when you, when you, as a chief or as a company officer, when you can say no, that's a very easy thing to do. And saying yes is empowering. I absolutely loved that point because it's a point that I hadn't had made to me before. And so I love finding new stuff when I read things. So uh, that is probably my favorite takeaway from the book uh, was that no is easy. And, and of course, easy is uh, nothing good happens in the comfort zone, but go ahead. Yeah. So I had, I had the opportunity to experience a chief out at training. Uh, His name is Hunter Hackbarth. And um, he was the training chief. And at the time, I'm a firefighter paramedic. So I don't have rank. I don't have formal position. Uh, And we were in a position where uh, we had to do an in-service, right? And my in-service idea, along with the other instructors, was to um, do what we call decision-making under stress. So we were going to elevate our members through physical exercise, and then put them in a position to do basic skills when they're elevated to kind of try to mimic the stress that we feel on the sure. fire ground. 
So um, a lot of a lot of buy-in needs to take place for a whole department to participate in that type of training, and it takes a really strong chief um, who's confident in his leadership and trusts his people to say yes to something like that. Because this was completely we've never done anything like this before. Um, this was something that we kind of looked at the military and how they were training, and we were just trying to, you know, get to that next level. We felt our trainings were very sterile in the past. Everybody knew what was coming. Everybody prepared for it. They reconned the area. And now we're going to give them a training where it was just basic skills, skills we all know. So we weren't teaching them a new skill under stress. We were just adding stress to a skill that we already knew. Make a long right. story short, we presented it to him, and he said, yes. That was it. He said, yes. And yes. we were expecting to have to sell it at this level of, just, right. you know, and here's the science, and here's this. And he said, Yes. Now, it would have been very easy for him to say no. With all this, you know, we didn't have to fight for it. He trusted us. He liked the idea. But it was going to take some work on his end to get buy-in from the department. And he did that. Now, all he had to do is say no, and now he has no work. There's no work involved, right? It's just no, move on with my day. But he said yes. Right. And, and that's really what it comes down to. If we truly want to lead people to a point where they're the best version of themselves, we can't keep telling them no. We can't keep telling them no, even if we might even have a better idea than they have for training. If their idea is still good, think about the, how much you've empowered that individual by, by letting them run with the ball as opposed no doubt. to just, no doubt. just, and even if that causes yeah. you to have to do work, you know, that's, right. that, that, that's something I experienced. And I've also experienced the other side of it too, where it's no, no. And it tends to be that same type of person that continually does that. And they get to go on with their day. They get to go to lunch by noon, right? Right. They get to still count their challenge coins and all the things they do throughout the day. Their 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 routine has not changed. No, where right if they would have said yes, they might have had a missed lunch. They might have had to miss their routine, and things might have been more more challenging for them. So that that's where that came from. And uh, you know, I know Tom is Tom is Tom is a captain. He's somebody who who really does that with with his crew and his crew, his crew kind of drives the trainings. They drive the culture. They nice. drive the, and he's a facilitator. So um, it works. It says yes. And it's such empowerment and ownership and uh, creativity that is unleashed when you do that. And the trust that is built uh, just everything from that word. Yes. So uh, yeah, I love that message. Um, now then you close the book. Uh, a big part of the message of this book is training to win. And it's, who wins, and I love this part, and who wins when you say training to win, and your point is the citizens we serve, and that is such a great positive message. On When people say, well, why are we out here timing, throwing ladders? Why are we out here doing this? We'll get it done day of, yeah, and it's, yeah. hey, we're doing this to win. I love it, man. So uh, go ahead and talk on that, then I'm going to get to your book you suggested. Yeah, absolutely. So the whole idea of training to win is for us to train to win. We have to, we have to time, we have to time what we're doing, right? Um, we typically, from the time the call comes in, we time our turnout times, we time, you know, how quickly we get dressed, we time how quickly we get on scene, we time all those things. And then all of a sudden it's like the clock stops, right? We're on scene now and we're not timing how quickly we stretch right. a line, how quickly I could catch a water supply, how quickly I could throw a ladder and enter a window, those things all need to be timed as well. 
Now, for us to get to the point where we're doing it in a timely manner on the fire ground, obviously we have to time it in training. And if we could compete with each other, which I love, we all have a competitive spirit or we wouldn't be in the fire oh, no doubt. at some level. And everyone's afraid of losing. I'd rather lose to guys that are beating me, guys and girls that are beating me. And that's part of my crew. Like that's the people you're going to go on a fire with. It's okay to be the last person. If you're still giving 100% every single time and you're looking for ways to get faster and the three other people on your crew that's are awesome. beating you, that's my crew. You know, we have a guy yes. at my at my station. He's been on the job for 20 years, um, and he is an engineer. He's phenomenal. He's one of those senior men that actually participates in everything. And we had to do a ladder evolution. Chief comes over, company standards, and um, it's time, which I thought was great. They timed it. And he beat me. He beat me. He beat me by 45 seconds. And I thought Ooh. to myself, how awesome is that, that my yes. senior guy, my engineer, and, of course, I'm going to try and beat him. I'm going to keep working. I'm going to tighten right. things up. Oh, yeah, motivate you too. Efficient. Yeah, so it's <laughs> – and now what's going to happen is when we get on a call, the citizens that we respond to are the ones that are going to win because him and I are the outside team, so we're going to work together. These are two guys that are trying to be, be quicker than the other, and, and, and the community is going to win. So, yeah, and there are no participation awards, right? Um, we grow up in a world today where as long as you participate, that whole thing of, of uh, showing up, 80% of life is showing up. Well, not in the fire service because just because you showed up to the firehouse and did nothing all day doesn't mean that you're going to be in a position to be successful. So the idea is there are no participation trophies. This, this job is difficult. This job is uncomfortable. This job um, requires us to work at a level that most jobs don't and do things when we're tired and do things when we want to quit and do things when we don't want to do them. Uh, the fire service requires that. So for us to think we're just going to be um, able to wear T-shirts and put stickers on our car and we like the pageantry side of stuff, but we don't necessarily right. want to do the work. Well, the participation awards in the, in the fire service, you look at it, it's the hat, it's the T-shirt, it's all the stuff that we could easily get without doing the work. But on right the fire on. ground, right the, result, the results are what we should be measuring ourselves by. So that's the whole idea behind that. I mean, again, I say this, but it's not always easy to do. It takes discipline, right? We talk about in the book, motivation will get you through a fire academy, but discipline Started. will get you through a 30-year right. career. So I'm somebody who has to check myself every single day. I have to check myself at the firehouse when I haven't done anything all day to get, make myself better in the, in the sense of training. I have to check myself at home. And that's that, that honest assessment I have to make of myself. And I think if we all uh, can, can continue to do that, we're going to be, we're going to be an amazing fire service who's performing at the highest level. And we're, we're moving in that direction. You see it, you see it happening. You see people uh, challenging right. themselves and pushing themselves. So it's exciting awesome. time to be part of the fire service. It really is. Final thing is I always ask the guests um, if there is a book they would like to suggest for other firefighters to read. And so I'm anxious to hear what your suggestion is. I'm going to add it to my collection, of course, but go for yeah. it. So I'm going to give you two. I'm going to okay. give you one that uh, I came across when I was probably 16, 17 years old. I revisit it probably two to three times a year. It might even be a shorter read than the book we put out, so really okay. easy to read. Uh, it's by James Allen, As a Man thinketh as a man thinketh by james allen i think it's the ultimate mindset book because it really talks about how our thoughts produce our actions and how our actions produce our circumstances and it's really being able to grab hold and and, and train train the way we think 
just like we train our bodies, we could train the way we think. And part of that is what are we taking in? What are we allowing to influence, influence us on a daily basis? Again, the books we read, things we listen to, the people we surround ourselves with, going to go into our head, create the way we think, think a certain way, creates the way we act, our actions produce our circumstances. So knowing that we have complete control over our lives based on what we allow to influence us, and it moves to those, to those actions. So as a man thinketh, you could probably, as read, a man it, thinketh. You could probably read it in 20 minutes. Okay. Now I'm also going to, I'm going to share a book that is probably one of my bet, one of the best books I've ever read about overcoming adversity, which we're all going to face in life. Um, okay. It's a book called fearless. It's the Adam Brown story. Um, he's a seal that no one really knows about unless you've read this story. I'm not going to share much of the story. It's an incredible story. It caused me to, I had some eye sweat coming down here when I, when I was reading the book. So okay. um, I, I recommend that one as well. It's a good one. Okay. What was the, who was the author on fearless? Sorry. Go ahead. Uh, fearless was Eric Bam, Banham or Bam, Eric Bam or Eric Banham. Okay. I was, I was writing it down. I was getting my notes. Good. Um, John Spira, very good to have you on the scrap. Um, I feel like I could talk to you for another hour or so, but I know uh, you got stuff to get to, and I think it's a good link for people, like you said earlier, a nice drive to work and back. Um, where can people find you coming up, and where can they get your book? Yeah, so you'll see uh, a good group of us out at the uh, Firemanship Conference out in Portland uh, doing the developing high performance with um, Rick George and and that group, it's going to be good. Unfortunately, I won't be able to be out there, but I'll be doing something pretty cool. I'll be uh, on the drill ground as a new guy, so I'm looking forward to that. Uh, we have the podcast. You can find the podcast. Uh, it's called Fit to Fight Fire, Lead Yourself. Uh, you can find that at any podcast platform. Um, we really don't have much scheduled moving through uh, 2020, but you know, if you go to fittofightfire.com, you'll see our email addresses there, so please reach out to us. If there's anything we can help you with, uh, we'd love to be able to do it. And if you're looking to get a copy of the book, Amazon's probably the best place to get the book. So, okay. And the goal, like you said, it was something that they could read quickly, um, help shape a mindset, help strengthen a mindset, something you could revisit throughout your career. It's good for a new guy. It's good for somebody with 30, 30 years on the job. So, yeah, you could, re you could uh, pick the book up there. I plan to keep it in my locker and just thumb through every once in a while and grabbing. I love it. I love the quotes. Uh, yeah. Anyway, mindset. Everybody should get it. Read it. Uh, Fit to Fight Fire. John Spira. Uh, you got a probationary year coming up, so I know you're yeah, going to be man. busy this next I'm year. Gonna, so I'm going to be busy. I'm going to be working hard, man, but I'm going to embrace it. I look at it. was funny because this will be my third academy. Right. So I went through an academy at 24 years old. It was all, it was all about me, right? You're 24 years old. I mean, sure. and I was a team player, but I was like, I got to be the man. Then 32, I went through an academy at 32 and it was about the team. It was like, come on guys, we're going to, we're going to, we're going to do this together. And, and that's still going to be about that. But at 44 years old, you know, you're a different person, you know, you're a different sure. person from oh, last yeah. year. Right. So There's no doubt. now, now it's about the team and, and trying to honor God and just honor God. And the fact that he gave me a body at 44 years old and the physical ability to go through an academy, a 16-week academy, and just bring him the glory and bring him the victory and bring bring everyone together and just have a successful academy. So, man, what a great opportunity. And like I said, it, it, it's God. He, he works in ways that uh, we, we say our prayers and we ask for things, and we think they're going to show up in a certain way, and they never do. So uh, really looking forward to it, man. And, and thanks for the opportunity to be on today. I really enjoyed talking Brother, to you. thank you for taking the time we, to we come need, on. We need to, get, we need to get on the phone and just talk because that's – that's really, I have, we could talk about a lot. I really enjoyed talking no to you as well. So, 
And I want to get Tom on here also and pick his brain yeah. and get his yeah. take and get the dirt, get the dirt. And, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I look forward to your posts. I look forward to the next book. Uh, but I'll, as always, I love, I look forward to the podcast. So Appreciate John, that, thank man. you for coming on and being the guest on weekly scrap number 24. Uh, I hope you'll come and do it again in the future. I look forward to talking to you on the phone and for everybody that watched. Thank you. I uh, hope the tone stays silent for you unless it's burning and stay safe out there. Take care. Thanks brother. Thanks for listening to the weekly scrap. Please subscribe and please share. We'll see you at the next episode.